This address, with its included scripture reading, was part of the YouTube streamed worship service from St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia, on June 4th, 2023. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. So today's uh, main sermon (laughs) is actually one that I'm very excited about. It's called the Epaphras Project. It's about prayer in every place. Um, And this is a sermon that, as uh, pastor for New and Renewing Churches, I am sharing wherever I can with congregations across the, the LCA. The text for today's sermon is from Colossians 4, verse 2 to 6 and 12 to 13, and those words will be on the screen. Let me read them for you. St. Paul writes to the church in Colossae, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand mature, firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. As I begin my sermon on a movement of prayer for revival in the Lutheran Church of Australia, I'd like to share with you the parable of the camper trailer. Of course. (laughs) Earlier this year, uh, close to the start of the year, Yvette and myself uh, were looking at a second-hand camper trailer on Gumtree. Uh, It was a great little trailer. It was being offered for a really good price by a guy down at Carum Downs. Uh, We went down to have a look at it. We love camping. We put down a deposit. And the next day, as I was driving down East Link to pick up the camper trailer, Uh, we knew that we'd have to do a little bit of internal kind of restoration and renovation work. But I was happily daydreaming about what a wonderful time Yvette and I were going to have with this camper trailer. I was fantasizing about the places that we would go and the wonderful rest and relaxation that we would be able to have in the camper trailer, this glorious future that I envisioned for the camper trailer. So you can imagine the depth of my disappointment when I arrived to pick up the camper trailer and I realized that the stubby little tow bar on my compact SUV would not fit the hitch of the trailer. There was a connection problem. So I couldn't pick up the camper trailer that day It was a a great disappointment to me. In fact, I could have tried to put the camper trailer on the car with that hitch 
but I would have actually done damage. I would have destroyed my bumper bar on my car, and I really didn't want to do that. The connection has to be right. And until I got the connection right, me and the camper trailer were not going anywhere. So to, I had to head off to Repco and buy a different hitch and put it on and all that kind of thing. In order to head off into the sunset in our glorious camping future, I had to make sure that the connection was right. We wouldn't be going anywhere until it was fixed. So, Pastor Nathan, tell us the meaning of the camper trailer parable. What does this have to do with prayer? Well, you know what? God loves this church. Like our new camper trailer, God has a vibrant, adventurous future for our congregation. But how is our connection? Are we going anywhere? Are we rightly connected to God and his will in order to head off into the glorious future that God has for us? Prayer is that connection. Prayer is the thing that connects us as the people of God to the motive power of the Holy Spirit to take us into God's glorious, redeemed future as a revitalized church with a focus on God's mission. You see, if our connection is not right, we can try to do stuff, but we're actually only going to do damage. We can try to step into God's glorious future, but it's not going to work very well. And this is where our text for today's sermon comes in. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 to 6 and 12 to 13, I think presents us with a picture of a revived, mission-oriented church. And that's what I hope and pray and long for St. Paul's and for all the congregations of the LCA. I won't read all of those verses again because I will cover them as we go through. But in Colossians 4, there are four implications from the text for our life as God's people in a revived, mission-oriented church. First, everyone has a calling to bear witness to Jesus. Second, some people are gifted evangelists who are special gifts to the church to help it bear witness to Jesus. Third, everyone is called to pray. And fourth, some people are gifted by God to be prayer warriors and intercessors and to devote themselves to prayer for the local church and its mission. So let's look a little more deeply at these. Colossians 4 verse 5 to 6 says this. Paul says, uh, this is about the fact that everyone has a calling to share the good news in words and actions. Paul says, pray that I may proclaim the good news clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace and seasoned with salt so that you may know 
how to answer everyone. Paul says, make the most of every opportunity. I want to ask you if you've ever prayed a prayer like this, God, would you please give me an opportunity to bear witness to the gospel of Jesus today? God, would you please give me an opportunity to bear witness to the gospel of Jesus today? When we pray for opportunities to share the good news, God loves to answer that prayer. That might be within our own family, with our children who no longer attend worship or who are wrestling with questions of faith. It might be with our workmates or our school friends or the people that we come across each day. Conversation and relationship are really key to this. Paul says, let your conversation always be full of grace and seasoned with salt so that you know how to answer everyone. People generally will know that you are a Christian and they will be watching you to see how your life bears witness to Jesus. And sometimes they will ask you about it. What is this sense of peace that you have? Why can you get through this difficult time with a sense of calm that, that I really find difficult? What do you mean that you enjoy going to worship? What, would you pray for me? Those are some of the ways that those things uh, may come out. Each of us are witnesses for Jesus. I think some of us have a deep anxiety about opening our mouth to bear witness to Jesus verbally because we think, what if I get it wrong? What if I say something and, and just stuff it up for that person and drive them further away or, or feel really awkward? Well, Jesus actually promises us that it's the Holy Spirit who will provide the words for us. In Luke 21, 15, Jesus says to his followers, the Holy Spirit will give you words and wisdom that people will not be able to refute. So he's got this. If you pray for an opportunity to share the gospel, Jesus has got this. You'll be amazed at what the Holy Spirit will do as you open your mouth to verbally bear witness to Jesus. So, everyone has a calling to live and share the good news. Some people, though, some people are specially gifted as evangelists, and these people are God's gifts to the church. An evangelist is someone who just naturally shares the good news with people in a way that they are willing to receive. They go down to pick up their takeaway pizza on a Friday night and they get into a conversation with the person behind the counter about faith or God or Jesus. They're in conversations and they end up asking people, can I pray for you? And people say, yes, that would be great. I know some of these evangelists. I think that I am one of those people. St. Paul says that we should pray 
for the evangelists. So here in our congregation at St. Paul, some of us are special gifts of God to the whole church who are able to naturally draw people closer to faith in Jesus. I wonder if you know who those people are. I wonder if you might be one of those people. If you think you are, I'd love to talk to you after the service. Paul writes, Pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. It's interesting that the Bible doesn't talk about a spiritual gift of evangelism. Everyone is called to bear witness to Jesus. But it does talk about a spiritual gift of evangelists, God's gifts to the church, people who can help us move forward in mission by bringing unbelievers closer to faith in Jesus. Once again, if you think you might be an evangelist or you think you know one of those people, I'd love to talk to you. They are super important. It's not everyone. It's a small group of people. But God bless you and let's learn who you are and release you into your gifts. The third point, everyone is called to pray. Very simple. Paul writes, devote yourselves to prayer. He writes to the whole church at Colossae, devote yourselves to prayer. In Acts chapter 2, we read that the early church, after the day of Pentecost, what did they do? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. And of course, prayer is not just a shopping list. It's not just coming to God and going, hey, I want this, 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 and this. It's relationship with God. It's deeply dwelling with the triune God and knowing his heart for the world so that we can share it with others. Imagine what our church would be like if we devoted ourselves to prayer. If we dwelt so deeply with the triune God that his heart was our heart. His loves were our loves. His actions were our actions. Everyone is called to pray. But fourth, some people are gifted intercessors. Some people are specially gifted by God with an incredible gift for prayer. Prayer warriors. These are the Epaphras-type people. Let me read the words about that man. We only hear about Epaphras in two verses in the New Testament. Here's one of them. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. 
Epaphrases have a special calling and gift and joy from God in getting on their knees and praying for the maturity of their local church. Praying for revival, praying for God to pour out his Holy Spirit so that this local church can go on the glorious adventures that God wants it to go on. Are you a prayer warrior? I am calling all Epaphrases. Are you an intercessor? Are you willing to pray for your congregation's mission, revival and renewal? If so, you are a gift from God to our church. And I want to talk to you. The Epaphras Project is to gather and affirm and train and network the intercessors across all of the congregations of the LCA to see a movement of prayer that is begging God for revival and mission and growth and God's heart for the gospel in the LCA. Are you an Epaphras? Do you know someone who you think might be an Epaphras? Right now, at this very moment, there are people across Australia who have already joined the Epaphras Project, who know that I'm preaching this sermon, <laughs> who are praying for us, who are praying for God to raise up these prayer warriors and this movement of prayer for revival and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit across the LCA. Isn't that good to know? Isn't that fantastic to know that there are people praying for us right now? Church consultant in the USA, a man called Tom Rayner, who's conducted thousands of consultations with congregations um, across different denominations, in the United States, has written a book about what a revived church looks like. And he lists about seven different things. But this is one of them. He says, I have yet to see a sustained church revitalization that was not undergirded by a powerful movement of prayer. He says it's categorical, it's imperative, it's a priority. We have seen churches turn around for a brief season with a new methodology or a new emphasis. We've seen some churches reverse their negative trends briefly with a new pastor or a dynamic staff member, but we have yet to see a sustained church revitalization that was not undergirded by a powerful movement of prayer. Calling all Epaphrases. I want to talk to you, I want to affirm you in your ministry of prayer and connect you with others and get connected to God for the glorious future of our congregation and of the LCA. How's our connection, church? How's our prayer life as a community? You see, prayer is actually part of the gospel, not the law. I suspect that a number of us feel a bit guilty about our prayer life. It's like, I should pray more, and what Pastor Nathan is saying is just 
poking my conscience that little bit more. But prayer is not something that we should do or have to do, it's something that we get to do. You see, prayer is indeed part of the gospel because it's about the relationship with God through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit that God himself gives to us. Prayer connects us with God our Heavenly Father and lets God's love flow through us. Just a couple of verses to illustrate that. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 to 16. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Prayer is about connecting with your Father who loves you so deeply. It's not a list of shoulds. It's not something you have to do. It's deep relational love with God. Prayer also joins us with the intercession of Jesus. We read about that in Romans 8 and Hebrews 7. Romans 8 verse 34. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Have you ever stopped to think what Jesus has been doing since Ascension Day? Well, here it is. He's interceding for us. He's praying for the people of God. He's upholding you before the Father. He's interceding as our great high priest. This is the ongoing work which our prayer and our intercession joins us with Jesus. So finally, back to the camper trailer one more time. I honestly believe that God has a vibrant, adventurous future for our local church and for each local church. God longs to restore the church, to bring new life, to bring new people to faith in Jesus. God has an adventure for our church. He wants to share the joy with us of this adventurous future. And it's God who provides gifts of evangelists. It's God who provides gifts of intercessors. So church, let's get connected to God and let's go into that glorious future that he has for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.